0: Welcome to Primordial Path. My name is Casey and I'm your guide on this podcast which is dedicated to exploring ancient meditation and healing practices. We'll examine them through an accessible modern lens and discover how they can profoundly impact your life, your body, your mind, your soul, your energy. So stay tuned. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode on the Primordial Path Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how infinite knowledge exists within each of us. So great spiritual leaders throughout history have argued that infinite knowledge exists within us, so that what's outside is also inside. So you've probably heard that the human is the miniature version of the universe, And you could say that we are a microcosm that has the macrocosm within us. It's pretty fascinating to get your head around this concept. It's thought as well that every cell within us contains total knowledge of our past, containing memories of everything that has happened in each individual's existence. So not just from this life, but from every life that we've ever lived. That could either be an earth life or a spiritual life. And if you consider the science of DNA, the DNA molecule, this is referred to as the molecule of life. This molecule transmits all the characteristics of the mother and father to the child. It's contained within the sperm and in the ova. So not only this, it is contained in every cell of the body. And you know that DNA is concerned with individual characteristics such as hair colour, height, skin tone pattern of growth from childhood to adulthood however it's also the blueprint the plan of life now of course there are other things that affect our lives the environment karma circumstances trauma interactions with other people yet it's the dna molecule which fixes much of the mode of our lives now from a yogic perspective yoga has always regarded each and every cell in the body as having consciousness. In other words, the underlying existence of each and every cell is consciousness. Its manifestation can be regarded as the physical nature of the cell, the DNA molecule being the blueprint for human life. The primordial pattern of human existence is fixed and directed by the consciousness of the cell. The molecular structure discovered by scientists is merely the executor, the thing that implements the will of the cell consciousness. So if we go back and reflect on each cell containing all of our evolutionary past, that all of this information is stored within us, our conditioned mind finds this concept is difficult to grasp. However, in progressive scientific research, this is exactly where this path is leading. Whilst scientists have mapped out the physical form of the DNA molecule, they've yet to explore the inherent nature of the DNA molecule, for which, which for the moment lies beyond the realms of science. So the best way to explore these DNA molecules is through meditation. Now, meditation is all about exploring the inner nature and we can go one step further here and consider the reticular activating system. This is located at the top of the spinal cord at the base of the skull, and it controls our wakefulness and our regulation of consciousness. It allows only a small amount of information to filter through to the consciousness. It's like a sensor of the human mind. Some people call this system the ego, which is central in the theme of psychology. Through its activity, we're aware of only certain aspects of perception, and totally unaware of most of the information reaching the brain. It's an essential part of the brain, for if we didn't have it, we'd be flooded with sense data. For example, while we write a letter, our consciousness is concerned with thinking what to write and the writing process itself. If we simultaneously received an influx of sounds, smells, skin sensations, such as texture, temperature... Uh, the weight of the pan, our clothing and our bodies, and not to mention the information on organic activity in the body, such as digesting our lunch, etc. We'd find it impossible to write the letter. The reticular activating system shuts out all the relevant information from the senses, allowing information which is concerned with the work at hand to reach the consciousness. It allows us to concentrate on our work. So how does the system act as the ego? Well, the reticular activating system allows information to reach consciousness if it has a purpose to us. In other words, information about the outside world reaches our awareness if, and only if, it reinforces our mental programming. If it agrees with our prejudices, if it fits into our mental pattern. It is in this way that it acts as the ego. It identifies with complexes, inhibitions, likes, dislikes, etc., which make up the egotistical nature of an individual and feeds the individual consciousness with this information. Therefore, if we fear something, then information which reinforces this fear will be most likely the thing to arise in our conscious perception. It's the same with other emotional and rational programming. And because of this, we can never see the world as it is. We see a blurred picture of the world and the people around us. Yet, if we remove these fears, phobias, complexes, likes, dislikes, and any other prejudices, we'll start to see a clearer picture of the world. The reticular activating system will have a less of a bias, less of a tendency to be less of a tendency to let us be aware only of the things that reinforce our complexes. It will allow information to flow to consciousness which is less determined by our negative mental programming. If our mind is reasonably untroubled and loving, then we'll see the environment in the same light. On the flip side, if our mind is habitually relaxed, then we'll see the world in a similar way, where everything is harmonious. So think about this just for a moment. Where does your mind naturally go? Do you view the world through love, kindness, positivity? Or do you see it through fear, anger and negativity? Or maybe something else? This is a glass-half-full, half-empty scenario. If we can reprogram the mind to remove these lenses, then we can move into this higher state of being. And in this space, even love, in an emotional sense, disappears. In this case, the feeling of love is transcended so that even love doesn't colour the mind. The consciousness now identifies with everything. The oneness is experienced. Now there's no intermediate sensor between consciousness and the environment. In this condition, even the ego has disappeared. It becomes superfluous, for there are no preferences in the mind to be satisfied. The center of consciousness now operates from the self instead of the ego. Purification of the mind is the aim of yoga, and more specifically, meditation, The aim here is to break down the existing complexes, phobia and prejudices, mental programming, and replace it with purified mental view. Meditation then becomes a spontaneous process. This is where the barriers between science and spirit can be eliminated. Here, using the science, we're seeing possibilities of helping people to tread the spiritual path. And with meditation we can begin to understand the mind systematically and to gain a deeper insight into your existence, past, present and future.